Hello and welcome to the No Horse Bar Witchcraft podcast. We've got a couple of questions. One specific person asking questions on the Thoth Witchcraft Patreon. Okay, so we figured it's probably best to try our best to hash this out. So there is the I obviously the turtle blood thing because this is somewhat linked, I think to the grimoire traditions. So in a lot of, of the grimoire traditions, I believe is grimoire verum. You can substitute your own blood for sea turtle blood and all that, but it gives no explanation whatsoever. <laughs> it's just very much one of these ingredients-y things. It just says, yeah, go and do this. It works just as well as your own, but don't use anything else, whatever you do. It's got to be the blood of sea turtle or it's got to be your own blood. Why is that? Or it doesn't matter. That's what the book says. So, mistaken, kind of lost in translation, occultists claiming that they've done stuff or seen stuff or can do stuff, which maybe they can, maybe they can. Lack of proof. Basically, I think what we're talking about today is people stumbling around trying to recreate the crazy occult experiments of others and not knowing really whether they're doing very well or not because they're basing what their practice is and what they should be doing on the results of others. They're also basing what's possible on what other occultists are saying is possible. Now the specific questions I think we got Chris were in regards to invocation, evocation, psychic development and seeing, hearing, interacting with spirits but obviously this goes for anything really yeah i kind of, i kind of thought it was a good time to do this one because obviously we've got um you know a secret which was occurring this year but also um which is why we haven't had any public ones for a while and that actually a lot of people um ask ask questions i guess over am i in the astral am i not in the astral um those kind of am i invoking or evoking and get kind of confused with these titles and kind of terminology that we throw around. Um, and by we, I'm meaning the entire occult um, community, not just ourselves. Um, and then they struggle to kind of go, well, is that what I've seen? Is that not what I've seen? When I'm referring to this, is, is what I'm even talking about possible? Um, because they've got an expectation, I guess of what they feel it should look like. I know this kind of touch is on thing, a lot of things that we've discussed before, uh, particularly when, uh, you know, we've done spiritual potato and it kind of goes from, spans from there onwards, doesn't it? Of kind of where people have heard so many different things and they compare, because they are hard to describe, aren't they, Liam? Like, it's not like um, the astral appears the same to anybody they are kind, they were kind of telltale signs. Um, but at the end of the day, it's human beings expressing themselves and telling them, you know, telling one human being what they think they've expre experienced and expecting them to know what they, what they meant. It's putting your own experimentation and practice and experience down into the written language. And that is where the lost in translation happens, because you do your best, but you don't necessarily know who's reading what you're writing. That's in regards to the books. Obviously, when you give a talk or, you know, even talking generally, even just a one person, let alone a room full of people, the other person might not necessarily get exactly what you're talking about. Now, there's a lot of quite rightly, people judging their own practices and comparing their practice to other people's, because that's only natural, you know? If someone else can do something, then you're gonna be thinking, well, I wanna be able to do that. If no one else has been able to do something before, then you're probably not gonna be one of those people that are getting all hard up on yourself saying, well, I can't do this. You know, what people do, however, get hard up on themselves is, oh, everyone else seems to be able that they can do this, but I just can't do it. That's what I hear a lot of. 
um, and people don't talk about it. And because we very much are very up to talking about the things other people don't want to talk about, this needs to be the platform where we discuss it because I'm seeing a bit of wishy-washy, not going to lie, I'm seeing a lot of wishy-washy answers to this specific kind of line of questions that one of our patrons has asked. And it makes a very good point because I've not really given it a huge amount of thought. I just put it down to, like I think a lot of people do in the occult kind of community, just put it down to, well, a bunch of other people are saying some of them will be trying to say something and explain something and not doing a very good job of it. Other people will be lying. And then other people still will be just <laughs> set out to deceive, I suppose. Um, which isn't necessarily the same as lying. It's more of a case of upping one's reputation, you know, particularly when it comes to if you're making your living from the books you publish. Which unfortunately, when it comes to occult authorship and stuff like that, is a bit of an iffy area. There's a lot of it is all about fame and fortune, it seems, nowadays, as opposed to the work work. But there we go. We, that's another subject in itself, I guess. So what is the question that we've been asked? So the specifics of it, because uh, I want to kind of lay this down in the right way so that <laughs> they understand it, because I know we kind of talked about it briefly yesterday. Um, but essentially, there is a there's a miscommunication potentially on multiple levels here where n not being a native English speaker and yeah. us not being native their language. Um, so it is one of those also trying to apply layers that kind of understand um so but they've tried to simplify it down and these and i'll we'll deal with one question at a time and the first one is how much is it realistically possible to see an entity layered over the physical world in a more or less waking state uh, regardless of whether or not that's in or evocation um point is that it's visibly perceive perceive perceivable my words went right there. I couldn't get my tongue around that one. You can um, perceive that with your eyes open as well as close. yeah, <laughs> and not in an and not in an astral state, um, or in such a deep meditative state that is practically sleeping. So basically, they're saying in with the waking eye, mm. how realistic is it for people to see an entity in front of them? That they're trying to communicate with i would say it's realistic but i would say a lot of the people that talk about that sort of thing either talk in riddles or make it sound like you have to either be born with that ability or you have to undergo some Transformationary transformation where you light some candles and mutter a few words like that witch's bible complete says that the spell to get the sight ritual to get the oh sight God, they, like you're like you're gonna fall away the bloody farars yes um that kind of thing so uh, i would say it would it's common but and definitely something that's useful and worth cultivating that ability but a is not a hundred percent necessary and b i don't think that a lot of the people that talk about that you can't necessarily trust them to mean exactly what you're perceiving that as mm -hmm. so a lot of the people that say i saw a carte doesn't mean they actually saw it. what that means is they saw some creature making a noises up in a tree somewhere and they mm. thought oh the presence of that spirit is there because of an association i've got chased by a black dog oh it must be a carte you know she was there whether that would be what a lot of people would consider to be a physical manifestation or not is open to interpretation the interpretation of the person who who had that experience obviously what a lot of people are wanting is some weird um meme looking kind of 
goddess figure to appear before them. <laughs> That's what they want. They don't want something where they're thinking, was that a real dog or is that some sort of spirit dog? Mm. <laughs> they want a tangible experience. Mm. Well, we've talked a lot, I think, over the years, whether or not people have pulled all those comments together and actually taken them in. But we have talked a lot over the over the years about um, kind of what we call an um, invoke-evoke, mm. that kind of state of going where you, you're essentially using your astral eyes but are looking at it as a lens over the physical. So where, you, you know, lots of people describe this. I think the uh, best way to kind of explain that is... Um, when people talk about seeing auras and things like that, don't they? Which is actually where you're you're invoking your astral eye in order to be able to see something. Um, when it comes to communication with a secondary spirit, then it's a it's a point of letting them in. So that's where it becomes a an invoke rather than the evoke. So full physical manifestation of a spirit is what a lot of people are seeking and what people are really, really struggling with. Now, full physical manifestation is not the same as seeing, hearing and feeling a spirit in the room. So if a spirit appears in the room and you can see it and touch it, that does not mean necessarily that that is a full physical manifestation. Most of the people that get to the level of being able to control full physical manifestations of spirits and the like do not care, okay? They don't care. They don't care that much about making a full physical manifestation. What they care about is the work that they are undergoing. So the tests that would need to be, you know... <laughs> undergone to check whether you have a full physical manifestation or just the appearance of a full physical manifestation are quite vast. Also, why are you going to want to do it? You're probably not necessarily going to want to do it if you're a magical practitioner that's summoning up some spirit in order to do some actual work, you know. Um, the reason why I make this distinction, and it will be apparent when you actually do put some thought into it, is that everything that we hear, feel and see, all of our senses, are literally just our brains interpreting, right? Okay, mm -hmm. so it isn't like you're in the room, if you hit something solid and it hurts, all of those things is the brain interpreting that, okay? So there, other than um, some kind of scientific apparatus, you're going to base things on your perceptions in your sights. Now, if something was to be evoked, uh, spirit, I use the Akate as an example. So say Akate, we did some sort of summoning ritual for or wanted a, a full physical manifestation. And there's a bunch of people in the room, maybe it's one of the Thoth um, events or something, crossroads working or something. And uh, she appears, goddess appears in the middle of the room, 10 people in the room, everyone sees her. They go up and touch her, they can feel her. Does that mean that is a full physical manifestation within that room? No, it doesn't, okay? It feels like it is, and it potentially could be, but there is no necessarily, you'd have to do a lot of tests to ensure that that is the case. And the reason for that is that you'll see a lot of higher level spirits have the ability to tweak and tap into that pathway. So if we think of um, your senses and the electrical impulses in your brain, what you see, sense, hear, all of that, a lot of the time a spirit will tap into that. They're not actually necessarily appearing into the room, they're just tapping into that and making it look like they are. They're interfering with your sight, so on and so forth. Now, in order to, for a spirit to do that, it needs some sort of understanding of the human physiology the human brain and such so it's normally the ones that a lot of people would consider to be intelligent and powerful that are going to be able to do that now when it comes to manifestations who cares if something appears in the room and you can see it and touch it you're going to assume 
but it is a full physical manifestation, especially if other people feel, touch it and see it. So ultimately it doesn't really matter. What I think the person I'm presuming wants to know is what are the most common ways of interacting with different classifications of spirit and what is something that would be considered easy versus something that would be considered dark, more difficult or rare. So how many people, if we've got all of these would-be witches and magical practitioners in a room and there's hundreds of thousands of them in the room and we did a poll and ask them all, how do you say sense, you know, deal with spirits? What are they going to say? You know, that's what I think, or I'm presuming the person wants to know. And kind of roughly, almost statistically, where they feel they should be placing themselves in terms of what is their experiences and how do they measure up with the vast majority of other people. But you can go through the specific question because I think you've got it, haven't you, in front of you? Yeah, so the, the next part of the question is basically, if it's possible, what could the, be the missing piece um, for someone who's practising a long time and they're used to experiencing kind of a lot of those things, mental communication, sensing spirits, having them assist uh, and basically having good relationships with said spirits, how, in what way, shape or form should that, um, what's missing for them to be making this jump if they're not seeing it? So this is where it gets tricky for me because I start to think, okay, well, what are you not seeing that you're expecting to see? Because if you're doing those things, then you must be achieving those in certain ways. So, you know, um, are you going into dream state and seeing them there? Um, are you quite successfully going to astral and seeing them there? Um, and to me, we've discussed it before, which is, and I've, I'm going to use that same reference that I've said before today, um, is it's about tapping into those individual senses in order to, um, so not going into a full astral projection state, because I think a lot of people kind of go for all or nothing, don't they? They yeah. kind of go, either go into the astral or I'm sitting here, and I'm kind of like, well, actually, the best part is a kind of midway point, not just for your your visual and being able to see, but also from your casting perspective, is is where those things link up, so that your you know um, conscious, unconscious, and astral body are all kind of in a perfect line, in which you're able to reach through them all and pull something from the astral straight through into the physical, um, from a, from a manifestation point of view. So the problem is, is people trying to measure themselves up with others and increase their own abilities, not understanding whether something's possible or not. So I think we should just basically put out there anything is possible, anything is possible, even if it means that you have to completely change this entire system of creation in order to make it possible. If the laws of physics are in your way, then it just means that you need to accumulate enough power and ability understanding um to be able to bend or change them <laughs> but technically anything is possible so i would go predominantly with what do you want to happen and how economical is that to make that happen so if you cannot if you want to talk to a spirit and work with a spirit and you want to do it in a physical manifestation where you want to evoke them into full, into a full physical manifestation in order to have a communication find out some information work with them whatever then you may think well it's going to take me an awful lot of time and energy to do that i might just do a partial manifestation or go and actually project or do some scrying or something like that because economically the real work is what I want to work with them for, not actually getting them on the phone, so to speak. Mm. Now, we're not going to focus on what you want to work with the spirit. Instead, we're going to focus on this idea of how one works with different spirits. Um, so we've got about 10 minutes before we turn over to the Patreon. I want to be super stereotypical. 
with this. Yep. So I'm going to oversimplify things. And this isn't based on reality in the real world, because this is an idealistic way of looking at it, and we don't live in an ideal world. So ideally speaking, what people will think is stereotypes are I'm born psychic and can see spirits versus I need to switch on some sort of psychic ability. And there'll be an idea of what I do when I have no psychic ability is I gently work on this idea of psychic development and slowly I have a stronger and stronger and stronger ability. Now, if something is in a full physical manifestation, it doesn't matter how psychic or not psychic are, you will see it, assuming you're actually not blind physically, but you'll see it because it'll be a full physical manifestation. Therefore, psychic ability doesn't matter at all when it comes to a genuine full physical manifestation. Psychic ability also does not matter if the spirit itself is choosing to project an image into your mind. Okay, so that doesn't mm -hmm. matter either. What happens and what we need to think about with regards to psychic ability is essentially overlapping or traveling. So do I want to peer into the astral but have my eyes open as well? Do I want to see this room? I'm seeing it on a three-dimensional level, but do I now want to see it on a fourth-dimensional level or a fifth-dimensional level? That is where the psychic ability comes in. And the problem is, is that it's training the mind not necessarily to activate some kind of psychic ability what it really is is training your mind and your psyche to be able to not break down when it sees what it says now we've worked with many psychics and have trained many psychics over the years and many of which are terrible okay and they've been born with the ability and the reason is is that it's very difficult for the human brain to comprehend anything past three dimensions. And psychics tap into past three dimensions, three point three and a bit dimensions, maybe go into the yeah. fourth dimension occasionally, but it's still very difficult for the mind to process that. So instead they process fragments and pieces and those pieces don't always match up. Hence the breakdown in communications that happen. Now true psychic ability is about that transitional point of being able to exist in three dimensions and then going and existing in four dimensions with your um, personality and consciousness intact. Because of course you already exist in four dimensions. It's just that you are not consciously aware of everything you are in four dimensions. So psychic development is ultimately trying to get you to start to experience things in a multi-dimensional way and people don't necessarily talk about that outside of theoretical physics a lot of the witchcraft and magical and occult books tend to focus on gifts and abilities and all of these abilities tend to be bs not bs as in people can't do them but bs as in they're not really getting the point across that as soon as you get into fourth dimensional awareness, all of these abilities, you have all of them. You don't just get one or two, you have all of them. And what it is, is these people that have one or two abilities or are gaining more and more abilities, maybe they have clear audience and can hear spirits or see spirits or only pick up on certain frequencies, certain classifications of spirits. Oh, I only see dead people. I've never seen an angel. Or, oh, I've only seen some goetic spirits, I've never, I can't ever see dead people for whatever reason, you know, that kind of thing. You've got to be thinking about it in terms of, well, they're on their way to experiencing things in four dimensions, but they're only seeing a little bit, okay? Um, or only experiencing a little bit because they are just not used to experiencing that. So their three-dimensional brain is trying to comprehend in his best way as possible a fourth dimensional state and that's very difficult they just have fragmentary peaks at things and very often little self-control the aim obviously of the fourth mystery school with regards to developing psychic ability is to get you to that stage of getting to a fourth dimensional state mm. but it takes well, time they, yeah and the, and the biggest reason for that is as the human experience is used to being perceived through a timeline 
mm, flipping yeah. into the fourth dimension where time does not is not relevant means that it then becomes problematic um, for the brain that is designed to process time as a linear event so um, or a linear stream of events so the kind of fourth dimension stuff is is that if you can and i think a lot of people struggle with it because they can't get their brain around the concept yeah let alone the reality of it um which is that you know time doesn't matter especially if you're coming from a um you know heavily different system uh. such as i don't know christianity or uh, one of the abrahamic traditions where you're not talking they don't even have a concept of reincarnation that there is a kind of plutonic end to things and that actually understanding that okay well how does this processing part work if your soul is eternal what is that and how does that appear um, and surely if i've existed multiple times why don't i know all this and it's all those kind of layers that through psychic development, you normally break those barriers down in order to get to the point. So, you know, there is those, there is aspects to this that actually starts off as something theoretical because you are having to break past um, what your, your brain has been taught to behave like. This three-dimensional brain has, is used to processing in the three-dimensional mm -hmm. so you know kind of getting past that uh, the same way that you get some people that aren't very good at their 2d processing you know yeah. people that struggle with reading um, um it's someone that's got dyslexia or something like that where actually the two-dimensional um is a struggle for them when someone looks at a a design board um for mapping an installation say of either a building or um a circuit board and they look at the circuit board and they go this does not compute it's because they're struggling with the actual two-dimensional representation of something that is is three-dimensional so you know i can kind of get why people struggle with some of these things um but actually a lot of this is just reprogramming because your brain can do it and for a very long time it has processed a lot more information than we're used to processing now um a big problem is we're now in the digital age where we're used to other things doing our processing for us yeah um and that comes with its own handicap doesn't it mm. so yeah so obviously people confuse psychic arts with magic and stuff like that in general because there's a, a habit of separating everything out but then the people that separate all this out are the ones that often do not understand so when you see the psychics that see spirits and feel spirits and interact with ones well if they are really actually interacting fully on a fourth dimensional level they don't need to ask spirits to do something for them because very often the powers magical powers and such that spirits are said to have all that is is they are operating on a fourth dimensional state they can walk through walls they can interact with time they can interact with the laws of the universe they can do all these things which if you are able to interact on that level you yourself will be able to do that and won't need a spirit to do it for you you see so asking a spirit for the future, because it can see the future, all that means the it doesn't have a specific power. It's just a fourth or fifth multidimensional entity. It can see outside of time, you know, and which you can also do. And this idea of measuring yourself up on a tick list of powers and abilities, instead of thinking about that, which is where people stereotypically go with it, think about, well, actually, the more abilities of these I have, yes, the closer I am to integrating into multiple planes of existence, but actually got to catch them all. <laughs> but there we go. That is it for the regular edition of the No Horse Bard Witchcraft podcast. We'll take this a bit further on the Thoth Witchcraft Patreon. So go and join it. <laughs>
Right, all of these people now have actually joined the Thoth Witchcraft Patreon. Hello, Thoth Witchcraft Patreons. Hello, clever people. Uh, hello, very clever people, yes. Um, where should we go with this? Do we need to re-go over the question to make sure that we've asked, answered it fully? Or is there anything you want to add to what I just said? I think the part that people struggle with is exactly what you're talking about, this measuring up to an understanding. Um, and the biggest problem with that, I think, is what we said at the beginning, which is everybody says something slightly different because they experience everything slightly different. Um, and I know that that's a really hard thing to kind of explain beyond saying exactly that. Um, but it's the same way that, you know, if you can get your head around the fact that we all see, I don't know, frequencies of light um, that are processed by the, by the mind means that what I think is purple might look blue to you. Mm. But the thing is, at the end of the day, we still process that as almost like a shade. So it doesn't really matter because it looks the same no matter where we are, um, because it's been codified by our brain as being that same frequency. Um, and that is essentially what I'm, you know, what we're talking about is actually what it actually looks like to a certain extent is irrelevant um what's important is that you're able to communicate and you're able to get the information that you need hmm. so you know the one bit i wasn't sure from the question was is it because they want a spirit to see this spirit in a physical form um you know and is it because they want to be able to interact it on a very physical level that makes it sound like it's a sex thing but i didn't mean that um oh. as in like as in are you wanting to interact it like it's another person where you can have a very natural conversation because you think the processing would be easier because i i don't know about you liam but i'm pretty sure that you would probably agree that i do most of my things by download oh. because i find that an easier way to process more efficient for my brain to be able to process it without breaking yeah um because i'm not trying to translate a translation which is essentially what you're doing when you're bringing something into the physical in order to speak to it it's translating you're translating its version of what it thinks you understand whereas if i just have the raw data my computer will either understand it or it won't um so if I have a download that's not totally compatible, I know that there's something I haven't learned or something I need to figure out because I realise there's a processor missing um, from my network and therefore I need to go and find the new processor or what I did with it. Um, but then that's because, you know, is that just because we're super witches, Liam, and we tend to deal with different levels of deity than the, what people are talking about or... Are they used to experiencing, say, a dead spirit, which is quite because it's so close in the astral layer to the physical, they've seen those things and therefore are kind of like, oh, well, it should all be like that. Because I wonder if that's something to do with it as well. So is it they expect it to be processed this way or? I think a lot of the problem comes from oversimplifying everything. And it is extremely yeah. complicated. And we could donate the rest of the podcast to trying to just explain how complicated, in fact, it is without really answering any of the questions. So I don't necessarily really want to do that. But yeah. you need to think about in terms of these various abilities, right? That people, whether it's superpowers and uh, magical abilities or whether it's psychic senses and stuff like that people see it as skills they have to master which is to a certain extent kind of true okay if you're on the road of trying to exist in multiple dimensions on multiple levels then yeah you're gonna end up acquiring these abilities of course the lie of course is that do you have to do them in a specific order and do they have to be one at a time and the answer of course is no this is the problem. There have been a lot of instances whereby with the correct 
um, jiggery poke, let's say, someone can go from seeing and feeling nothing to they can see all of it, you know, but at the same time, some people need a little bit more of a more dramatic uh, rewiring, let's say, in order to do that. So when we help with psychic development and teach psychic development, we tend to do it on an individual basis and we look at where the person currently is, what they currently are yeah. able to do. And the things that they are currently able to do are the things that their brain is okay at processing, not as necessarily mastered it, but isn't too bad at processing it. It can understand it and it is dealing and working through it. If you end up working with a lot of saturnian energies and stuff you're going to be more sensitive to being able to see sense and feel dead people and the like at the same time if you wanted to be able to see sense dead people and you can't already people would normally go towards more saturnian energies feeling sensing manipulating those so ultimately your knowledge and experience plays a huge role in this because if you can't even sense the underlying energy you're not necessarily going to be able to sense the nuances, the individual tiny little flecks that are within that energy, which would be spirits of some description. Um, same as why would a spirit want to appear in full physical manifestation in front of you? Because that is extremely difficult for a spirit to do, okay? You're talking about literally doing a lot of jiggery-pokery with the laws of physics at that point. So it may just be easier for it to project. And if it is going to project, why is it going to do that? We see a lot of problems with people having problems with evoking spirits simply because the spirit don't give a shit about you. It isn't interested in having any dealings yeah. with you whatsoever. What is the point? Just because you've read from a book doesn't mean something's going to appear. Which brings me to the grimoire tradition. That is yeah. not the full component. You've obviously opened with components missing, which I think is what the person was asking about yeah. as well. Grimoires look and appear to show you the full operation on a step-by-step -step process, but there are component parts missing to that. Now, understanding what component parts are necessary to make something happen, whether it's magic or whether it's a specific evocation of a specific classification type of spirit, that is the art of magic. That is the art of understanding. I thought, I know, fish need water. Yes, fish need water. Primary school children are taught not to take a fish out of water. When you get a little older, you advanced in your knowledge, you understand, well, some fish prefer a specific type of water. It needs to be salt water. You can't just get water from a tap and put it in water. This is where we're having the problem now. Because some people that are experiencing and having certain experiences with certain manifestations, psychic ability and such, are getting there. They're understanding, ah, fish in water. And they've been used to dealing with goldfish, which are okay. Ideally, dechlorinate the water, but they're generally okay, right? Cold, freshwater fish, generally easy to deal with. Saltwater fish, and then saltwater fish that need to be kept at a very specific pH, it's very specific temperature, you know, all of this, a lot more complicated. Fish that are used to surviving under extreme pressures, deep, 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 deep undersea, not gonna, not gonna cope well in a little tank in your living room. Oh, a poor blobfish. Yeah. So all of these things, this is where it's getting complicated and this is where people are going to be going wrong. But there is no sure answer to that, unfortunately, because what we would need to do is to look at why it's going wrong and why you don't see why it's going wrong. And we start with what you can do and your explanation as to how you understand it to be working so that we can start from there and work forwards. Fish need to go in water, a child could tell you that, but does the child even know what water is? Or mm -hmm. did they just get told to repeat that? Like when you learn languages, do you understand the words and the context and all that? Or do you just remember having to chant for hours on end? Je m'appelle Liam. Yeah. And then that's the thing. 
that I think language is a really good way of explaining it because mm. obviously you can learn the words you were told by your French teacher at school, which are direct translations of the English into the common phrases we use. Yeah. Um, you then get to a foreign country where you're supposed to be able to use that French and then they kind of the French person's looking at you as kind of go, are you a moron? Because you don't understand the nuance of the language or where its actual colloquialisms are. You know, it's short, it's shorthand, it's, um, you know, social um, cues, you know, it's it's complications of the everyday. And that's where it comes down to, which is why I, I think lots of people focus on this aspect because they want to have experienced what someone else has experienced yeah. to make it a true experience. Yes. If someone else has had that experience, then it must be the right way. So it's where they want to, like, you know, it goes back to measuring again. They want to measure themselves up to another practitioner. And I think this is where it gets tricky is because with psychic development, you really can't do that, which is why the process works at the way that we do it in the in the kind of teaching method of us individualizing the way that psychic development's done because yes you can have you can go on a basic course but that basic course is only going to get you to step one mm. um, and what a lot of people are talking about here are not step one problems this isn't you um speaking to you know aunt jemima who really wants to speak to jenny about the will she left in in the cupboard that's got a false bottom in it you know mm. she's not going to find that without the help of 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 aunt jemima and she wants jenny to know that information so there is a pull there a natural pull of these things want to speak to each other um and therefore, you know, that part is actually all you're doing is providing um, a fish tank for them to actually, you know. And at that point, you're not in the fish tank. You're just looking at the fishes, tapping on the glass and going, oh, there's a fishes in there. Um, that is that is that kind of stage one psychic development, which a lot of these kind of commercial psychics are on, is that they're used to looking into the glass of the fish tank and looking at the fishes and going oh well that's a different fish to that fish um and that's and that and that little uh, house that they've decided to build um isn't one that they built it's been put there before oh that must be the 1930s um like you know it you've got this kind of situation where it's a bunch of signifiers because they're looking at the fish tank they're not in it um and obviously a lot of what we talk about with spirit interaction on a greater level, so not dead people or necromancy, um, you know, is getting to that next level of kind of going, OK, I don't just want to look at the fish tank. I want to be in the fish tank so I can actually experience it, which is where lots of people are at this point asking these sorts of questions is what is the experience supposed to be like? Um, you know, I can't breathe. Why can't I breathe? Oh, I'm in underwater. Um, you know, those kind of individualized moments of how at which you have approached. Mm. And the difference is someone that has spent their entire life uh, diving in order to, you know, with their snorkelers on um, or they're used to doing is very different to someone that's actually a diver. Um and has trained for years in order to spend time at those different pressures that are available there. They are very different skill sets. And depending on where you're at, depends on where the starting point is for you when you go and experience these things. Because this is where we kind of talk about the, the natural and the try hard. Is the natural may be able to hold their breath for 30 minutes. Um, but before they're actually experiencing anything out of the ordinary for them. Whereas you've got somebody that's come across from the um, spoon fed world of the, um, the Yahweh, um, then they're going to have had to have 
had all the apparatus just for them to even just use the snorkels and just look down under the water not even actually getting in it um so i know that was a really random way to put that liam but i hopefully the analogy carried so i'll let you in on a little secret which shouldn't be a secret and i don't think it's an official secret it just seems to cause a lot of confusion and again we like to dispel the confusion so the concept of research and development and looking into the past and other people's magical practices, whether it be ones that are currently around, so magic magical practitioners that are around or recently deceased in the past hundred or so years, or whether it be looking into hundreds of years ago, thousands of years ago. Here's the thing. Yes, some people can take some kind of formula or ritual from several thousand, several thousand years ago do it now and it work wonderfully. Other people can take that same thing and it not work. Everyone's coming at this from a different angle, but also everyone has different aptitudes. So what we do is stop people from wasting time by trying to work out where their aptitude lies, delving into all of these different magical traditions and the like, and instead just plain look at what they're actually good at and go from there. Because you could be, and this is what most magical practitioners do, unfortunately, is stumble around going from tradition to tradition to magical system to magical system until they find one that works reasonably well for them or even works at all, even if it's shit. That people waste entire lifetimes doing that. The clues are already there. What you need to do is find what you're already able to do, what you're already good at. OK. And then you can build a system based on that. Find out where your footing is at the moment. Find out if you're thinking about, when you're, Chris was talking about looking in the sea and trying to study the fish, well, look at where you locally are. Are you gonna be studying saltwater fish if you don't live in Egypt, if you live off Western Supermare or something like that? No, you're probably not, okay? Think about what you, already can do. Now there are going to be people, and I know there will be, doesn't take a psychic to know that there are going to be people that are listening to this and thinking, and will probably bring up at some point in the future, some bullshit thing that really pisses me off constantly, which is that, but Liam, I can't do anything. I can't do anything. I've never been able to do anything and I can't do fucking anything. I can't do it, okay? What about me? I can't do any of it. I haven't got solid footing because I haven't got no footing at all because I can't do fucking anything. That's bullshit, okay? Every single person that we mentor, we've gone through some form of scratch testing. Even someone that swings to mind right now that we refer to as the Dark Virgin is one of those such people that goes on about, I can't do it, I can't do it. You can fucking do it. You can fucking do it. You do have some footing. You just don't know where the fuck it is yet because you can't see your feet yet. But you will have some, okay? Everyone has some footing. Okay, everyone has some natural aptitudes towards certain energy, certain practice, certain things. What we need to do is grow from where you are strong because a house is built on the solid foundations and not weak foundations. You build on the solid foundations and then everything else becomes essentially an extension. You just get the house bigger and bigger and bigger. Okay, so with this, we cannot give you any better advice other than to find out where your footing currently is, where your aptitude currently lies, what you find most easily, whether it be from a spell casting perspective, because that will also show you which energies you're able to perceive easier than others, you know, all of that kind of thing. And ultimately, if you're trying to use a magical system that is not designed for you, how can you expect that to work? There is this idea in occultism that genuine magical systems are based upon fundamental pr principles that exist within the universe. And that's true to a certain extent. Hermetic laws and such are true to a certain extent. But remember, it only takes one spirit or a deity that decides to swan along and has the power to interrupt all this, and then it can decide to throw it all out. It can decide, oh, fuck it. Your invocation is not, ne is not necessary. I'm just going to turn up here because I want to. Unfortunately, most of these instances tend to be negative <laughs> because there's some, someone annoying something or in some sort of situation and a spirit of some description to, decides to swallow and to come and fuck you up. up. 
And that is quite reliable, if I'm honest with you, hence why paranormal investigation generally relies on going and agitating and annoying things so that they show themselves. Obviously, if you are a spirit on a multidimensional plane, you can see that before they even come and you can see all of their motivations and now the story ends before it's even begun, which means that a lot of things like that are pointless, but there we go. You need to do your best and you need to break things down super simply and truly understand what you are doing and what you are doing, well, what is it? You're gonna to have to be attempting something. You don't just go a gazing and not really looking. You don't just go randomly evoking a spirit. Because if you want the spirit to appear before you and it do a lot of the work, it needs to want to be there and it's probably going to want to be there either because it doesn't like you and it wants to fuck you up or because it does like you and it sees itself working with you, right? All of this, I'm just going to start summoning things up for no apparent reason. You're probably not going to get a lot of spirits interested in that which means that you're going to be having to do a lot of the work you're going to have to be doing a lot of the pulling of the spirit you're going to have to be doing all of the manifesting all of the hard work you need to do for you you need to have it done for you really and that goes that's what economical magic is all about is doing it the easiest way you know yes you could do it a complicated way if it's fun but really you're just testing yourself at that point, trying to do something complicated just for the thrill of doing something complicated, yeah. right? Or to prove you can do something. But ultimately, before you start doing that, maybe try doing actually something in the first place that gets you a result, something useful and practical. When you have the practical application down, maybe you can't do it full on evocation spirits. Maybe you can't hear, see or sense the spirits. Go for what you can do and go for something that's easier and then expand upon that. It really is not rocket science. It's actually quite simple, deceptively simple and deceptively logical. So we'd be interested to know what you can do and what you have struggled doing. Because what you struggle doing, other people will find easy. Okay, which is very strange. We see this all the time when we mentor people. That some people are like, oh, that person in witchcraft life, they're so advanced, they're doing this, that, and the other. And it's like, no, that person there is advanced to you because you can't do that thing. But there's about 10 mm -hmm. things you can do that that practitioner and got a hope. Hasn't got a hope in hell. No, they haven't got a hope in hell of being able to do it and they'd be in awe of you. But people don't see that. People don't understand that. What else have we got to discuss? Have we answered the question that came in on Patreon? I don't know. Do we need to re recap? I think so. There was a final bit that I just wanted that they asked about. Because um, obviously this person has then said, you know, to be honest, um, I could never really decide if the type of spiritual interaction I'm longing for is even something that happens. Um, but struggling with what's being written out there. So what authors say, what other people say. Are they being literal or are they talking poetically Both. about the experiences they're having? And they, yeah, the answer is it's both. They are having, um, you know, they flower up an experience in order to try and help you understand how that experience looks to them. I think what's, you know, and I can't hammer this home enough is stop trying to get a certain kind of experience and go with the flow the more that you are actually forcing to have a particular kind of experience even if you got it would you just think that that was your imagination afterwards because i find this is what tends to happen is people chase a particular kind of vision or a particular kind of experience and then when they do have it they're kind of like oh well, did I imagine that because that's what I wanted? And then they they uh, talk themselves back out of it again afterwards. Whereas I think if you have a more organic experience of, I'm going to go and attempt this. This is the goal I've got. And I want to see how, I, how that experience is. So, you know, what does that look like? If the goal is to reach some far off destination, such as, let's say, and 
Antarctica. You want to go to Antarctica. Seems like a very far away, seems like a big ordeal and a big task. What people are thinking is they think, well, I've heard people that have gone there and they've travelled first class and they got a cocktail on the plane and then they got they got a little bit of a train and then they got this thing and then they had this and that and the other. I need all of those things. I need to do it that way. What you need to be thinking about is actually it's quite difficult to get to Antarctica in the first place. So don't care so much about how you're travelling. Care about whether you can actually get there in the first place. If you're stranded somewhere abroad and you want to get home, you probably shouldn't be worrying about how many first class flights there are and where they go. You should be thinking about actually what are the means I can actually get home first, you know, because you could be waiting seven days for the next first class flight or in two hours time in the economy flight leaves. They'll get you there quicker. Right. And this is the problem. People are worrying about the journey and not thinking about the destination. And we get told, we get told time and time again, it's, don't worry about the destination, think about the journey and all that sort of thing. I'm telling you to a certain extent to do the op opposite with this because what we're talking about is with great magical practice, with spirits, specifically with spirits, is that why are you speaking to a spirit in the fucking first place? Why? It has to be for a reason. You must be wanting to help with something or you must be wanting assistance with something. If you're just doing some sort of networking, do you think how many classifications, how many types of spirits are interested in speaking to you? I mean, come on. You'll find that the people that get on really well and all of these stories where some miraculous thing happens is because the spirit itself wanted it. Yeah. And that's the easiest way. So all of these people, and it's normally the beginners that want, because they feel obliged, I need to learn spirit evocation, I need to speak to a spirit, I need to get a patron spirit or this and that and the other. It's like, well, no, if you start doing actual work, things and people will gravitate towards you that are similar with that sort of work. You need some sort of substance, otherwise you're really not fucking worth talking to. And specifically if you're going with gods and goddesses, the bigger levels of spirit, they ain't fucking interested, you know? They they might sign every now and then a, uh, an autograph for some groupie or something like that, but just because they feel obliged to do it, they're not interested. We've talked about being the person that's in the green room with the celebrities, not about the people that are waiting in line for days on end and waving and saying, please come to me, come to me, sign my knickers. <laughs> Here's a Sharpie. Picture, photo, how can I have a photo with you? No, you're thinking about, well, actually, they should be gravitating towards you. Like attracts like. And I think, actually, this is the concept that people struggle the most with. Yeah. Isn't it? Is the fact that actually you are used to thinking of these deities as the celebrity and they are but the point is magical practice is how you get yourself onto those vip lists yeah is by doing work yeah and by that i don't mean you know your little lottery spells in order to get uh you know 50 quid we're talking about actual actual practice getting you know the more you practice the more you get involved on a new level then obviously the more that those things are going to gravitate towards you which is why people that practice heavily are constantly telling you about all the experiences they've had and they're not because they've studied them in a book it's because they've been in a situation where that has caught notice mm. of something that happened to be there um, you know, at the end of the day, the reason a lot of, you know, psychics and mediums end quite sad lives, really, towards the end, is normally because they, their practice isn't good enough and therefore they've only attracted bottom feeders and they've had a negative impact on them they've and their used. existence. I mean, how many people 
that are psychics deal with mundane issues with people that are alive with mundane issues and people that are dead with mundane issues their practice consists of helping spirits move on is that rewarding work no that is literally the equivalent of someone that works at the what is it um bloody reception desk handing out passes and getting people to sign in the fire log you know, I'm not talking about a PA that's involved with the running of the business. I'm talking about the someone that stands on the door and says, hello and welcome to insert name of company. Can you sign the fire book, please? You yeah. know, that is the equivalent of what they're doing. It has no substance, yet they can see what they're working with. And I tell you what, if you haven't picked up on it already, some of the greatest work you will ever do in this life, funnily enough, you're already set up for it. You already have some aptitude in that area. If you want to really know what you're going to be great at, what you're going to be famous for, funnily enough, you already, have the, you already have the building blocks for it. It's just that you can't see those building blocks and don't fully understand them yet. But they are there. Believe me, they are there. So go and discover them. And that is it for this episode of the No Holds Barred Witchcraft Podcast. No, we're not going to tell you what your super building blocks are, but we will help you to discover what they are. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs>